a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host, Heather Kelly. Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're going to talk about what happens if you follow social media influencers to get your financial advice. Joining me today is Jeff Jones. He is the Director of Financial Planning at Longview, and you're also a certified financial planner. So welcome to the show, Jeff. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. First of all, for anyone who doesn't know, why don't we explain what a social media influencer is? (laughs) Well, that may be a little bit of a loose term. It's no surprise that with uh, Americans spending about 1,300 hours on social media a day, and that's according to an article, that you're going to come across social media influencers or what we call financial influencers. So these are online talents, if you will, um, unlike TikTok and Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, where they are dispensing information, and in this case we're talking about financial information. And typically you're seeing this uh, dispensed in in very general terms. So it's, it's a, um, tends to be very flashy graphics, um, great personalities from usually from those, those influencers, but it's not necessarily advice that you may be wanting to follow. Right. Because uh, unless we do some research, we don't know if they're truly certified or have any financial education or background to back up some things that they may be talking about. You're exactly correct. So these these influencers, they may not be credentialed. They may not have the education background. Um, they may not have the experience. And, and, and quite frankly, they, they don't have an ethical standard that they may be held to. And as a certified financial planner, those are pieces that when you, when you engage a CFP, you know you're getting an educational background. You know you've, you've had someone who's taken an exam and has two or three years of, of experience at a minimum, and you know they've committed to an ethical standard. And those, those pieces may be missing with some of these um, online influencers. But Jeff, you know, it's just so easy to just open my Twitter feed and look, there's somebody like right there. I don't have to Google anything. I don't have to try to figure out, is this a sponsored ad or anything? I mean, the person's just right there in front of me on my Twitter feed and they've got 200,000 followers. So they must be doing something right. They must be doing something right. And they're also being compensated. And that's generally not meaning that the compensation is coming from you, the subscriber, or the Twitter follower, or the TikToker, it's, uh, it, it means that they're making their money somewhere. And 
um, that problem, that brings up a, a conflict of interest, especially around influencers who are encouraging encouraging you towards products that may be encouraging you towards more debt. So I understand the information is certainly easy to access, but it can be dangerous information when it's, it's so generalized and, and not suited to fit your situation. Yeah, there's one making the rounds, I won't say their name, but they're encouraging people to pay all of their standard bills on a credit card, including their mortgage, and then use the extra cash they have that they didn't use to pay outright all their bills to then pay off the credit card every month or pay it down every month. But the problem is, is if you're trying to pay down your credit card, but then you're adding more debt to it, especially if your mortgage is at 6% or less. I mean, I have a mortgage at 3% right now, but my credit card is at 15 or 20%. I'm incurring a whole lot more interest by paying my mortgage on my credit card and then trying to pay down the credit card every month. Right. What you're talking about can be a very slippery slope on on paper, when you, when you look at the technical or the analytical aspects of something like that, uh, my guess, and this is just an assumption, is that they're they're recommending you put this on the card for some sort of rewards, and then you pay it off monthly with that cash flow. But now, on paper, that may sound like a uh, a technically a, a technical way to get advanced or get uh, further along cash wise by getting those rewards. And it's a slippery slope for someone who is struggling with debt management already. All it takes is one month or one slip up for that balance to carry over to the next month. And, it, and you're exactly right. You're probably paying 13, 15, sometimes 19 or more percent on a credit card versus what you probably would be paying on that mortgage. That's where, it, where, where I talk about being dangerous advice. They don't know your situation. They don't know your feeling around debt, your struggles with debt. Um, how um, consistent you are with paying off that credit card. So they could certainly put you in a position. Another example would be if an emergency came along and, and you didn't have an emergency fund to do that. Where do you think the, the cash is going to come from? Probably in that situation from cash flow. And now you're carrying a balance and you're you're starting a, a battle all over again. So that's a, that's a really good description or definition of, of a situation that can be dangerous for consumer. That's just one example that I personally have run across in social media. What are some other mistakes that can happen if I follow social media influencers who may not have the proper credentials? Well, sometimes it's not even about making mistakes so much as it is giving getting hope where there may not be hope. I'll give you a good example. Um, I saw one a couple of weeks ago. It was about five easy steps to retire at 45. And when you drill down into that, you're going to see the bare bones, the basics, or the rules of thumb of, of investing and saving. It's going to talk about, you know, having an emergency fund, investing in the stock market. You know, it, those, those pieces are a part of almost any consumer or client's plan. But to simply say it's easy if you do these five things to retire at 45, it, it's quite frightening. Because what happens when you get to 45? What what are, what are you investing in then? How are you paying for health care? There's so many questions that, is, that are unique to your situation that that isn't answering. And so that's why when we're 
talking about building a plan. We're always encouraging people to engage a financial advisor. And for us, it's about engaging fee-only and fiduciary advisors. Why don't you really quickly just explain what a fiduciary financial advisor is? Because that term gets kicked around a lot, but I don't think people may understand what it means. Absolutely. So a fiduciary is someone that has to put your interest first before that of themselves or others. There's a number of fiduciary roles that, that the people would be familiar with. For example, a personal representative on an, on an estate of someone who had passed away. When, but when we talk about financial planning or financial advisory services, it means that they need to remove as many as possible conflicts of interest. So there's ties back to the fee-only portion, the compensation, where a fee-only advisor is paid directly by the client for the advice that they're given they're not that, that advisor as a fiduciary is not selling product. They're not getting referral fees. They're not earning commissions off of the investment that they're putting their client or the consumer in. And so those, those kind of conflicts of interest are they should raise a red flag, um, no matter if you're engaging an advisor or if you're engaging in, in advice online. You want to ensure how you know that person is compensated. And so the fee-only fiduciary model means you can have a comfort level in knowing that the advisor and your goals are the same and that's putting your interests first. Okay, we do need to take a break. When we come back, we'll go more into what happens if you follow the advice of social media influencers. It may not always be bad, but what's a better route to take possibly? So we'll be right back with Jeff Jones. He's the director of financial planning at Longview, but he's also the chair-elect of NAPFA. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that if it affects your life in any way money-wise, we're talking about it. And today we're talking about what happens if you follow some social media influencers in regards to your finances. Sometimes it may be good, but there are some things you want to watch out for. Joining me today is Jeff Jones. He's the Director of Financial Planning at Longview. But Jeff, you're also a certified financial planner, and I think that's really important key here that we touched on in the first segment is that you're certified You've been trained to understand different issues that arise in people based on their age and their retirement goals, or maybe they're trying to buy a new home, investing in stocks. You're trained to understand all the complex things around where we are in our lives. But social media influencers may not have that type of education. Correct. The CFP, or the Certified Financial Planner Professional, if someone's carrying that designation, it means they have completed a bachelor's degree. It means they have passed a, a rigorous examination. It means they have experience, and that's, that's a minimum of two to three years. And it means they've committed to an ethical standard. And you may find some CFPs who are also doing social media influencing. 
and, and some of their advice is, is typically going to be focused, though, on, on specific areas. So a, a CFP is taking a comprehensive approach to your planning. It's not just about investing. It's not just about retirement because your financial life is much larger than that. It has to do with your goals, um, cash management, whether that's the, uh, whether that's income, expenses, debt management, tax planning estate and end-of-life planning, risk mitigation insurance. All of these are areas, in addition to what people think of when they think of retirement planning, that a CFP has been trained in. And so they're able to take a, a larger view, a higher level view of what your situation is. And when you're engaging social media, they're not get, you're not getting that. You're getting a generalized, typically rule of thumb. And then, like I said, occasionally you're getting into a dangerous recommendation that's a good could take you down a road you do not want to go. If I do find somebody on social media, whether it's YouTube or Twitter or Instagram, and they say they're a CFP, how do I know if the advice that this social influencer is giving is good or bad? So I would say you have to take any information, even if it's coming from a CFP online with a grain of salt. You do diligence and research on an individual. You can go to the CFP board's website and you can find out if they are still a credentialed CFP in good standing. You can find them online to see if they are associated with a financial planning firm or if they are acting on their own accord. And and really what you would want to do with any advice you're seeking online, you're going to want to engage a financial professional or financial advisor who is credentialed and educated to ensure that that still fits you. And that's that's the piece I can't emphasize enough is that this information is so generalized that it it may not be what you need to pursue or how you need to invest or how you need to save for taxes or in a raw. There's going to be a solution for you or solutions, but that really needs to come from a professional who is doing this on on a daily ongoing basis, working with clients, um, to ensure that that, that customized plan is, is fitting you. I agree totally. You want to meet with somebody face-to-face or or maybe over the phone and, or via Zoom, something like that. Somebody who's speaking directly to you, not just whomever tunes in to the social media platform that the person may be on. But if I still do that, because sometimes there's just interesting subjects, I want to learn a few things. What are some of the red flags that might tell me, oh, this isn't the person I should be taking advice from? I think one of the, and the study kind of speaks to this, one of the red flags, and I believe it was about 40% of survey takers said that compensation was a red flag how that how that advisor is being paid and they said specifically that if if commissions are being received that that should be a red flag it's difficult to mitigate a conflict of interest when making a decision about what is best for the client is also a decision that is paying that advisor or that social media influencer so those are two of the biggies what were some other red flags that people brought up yeah, so that was that was the primary red flag. I, th- I think the um, some of the other things that you're going to want to look for is um, is the experience, is the background, and if they fit you. This industry has changed quite a bit over the last five to ten years, and so there are advisors that specialize in a number of areas. Um, women in transition or divorce, for example. Some uh, advisors specialize in working with physicians or military or attorneys. 
Um, there's even an advisor that uh, specializes in professional video gamers. That's <laughs> like professional That's right. video gamers? There's, there's niches all over uh, the country, and there is one that works with professional video gamers. So if, there, if there's someone out there for them, there's probably someone out there for your situation. I'm hoping that we're sort of explaining the people on the social media platforms may not be the the best, even if they're certified financial planners, only taking their advice or deciding what you do for your finances may not be the best of going with a social media influencer. But how do I find these people that might be the right fit for me? NAFA has a wonderful tool online to find an advisor uh, resource. Uh, so you visit napfa.org, this N-A-P-F-A.org, and on there you're going to find resources about financial planning, about feeling advisors. You're going to find resources that help you to choose an advisor, tips for questions you should be asking if you're interviewing. And that Find Advisor tool is fantastic because you can punch in your, your address, your zip code, and you're going you're gonna to have a list to start from of fee-only fiduciary advisors in your area. Um, Google is always a good resource if you're looking for one for an advisor who specializes in an area that uh, professional video gamers, a good example, you'll probably find them online, but you still need to do your due diligence on their background and credentials. And when all else fails or the drive through method of asking friends and family and colleagues, coworkers, you know, small group of trusted individuals about who they use and who they, they trust, when it comes to financial advice. Give us the website again and also what the acronym stands for. It's the National Association of Personal Financial Advisors, and that website is napfa.org. Well, we will go there if we need any help. And how about yourself? Are you? Can you only give advice in the state that you're in, or can people from anywhere reach you? I work with clients in 18 different states. And so uh, as a, um, based on the size of my firm, I'm, I'm a registered investment advisor. And some states have different rules. So there are uh, a number of states that will require you to register locally if you have one client or five clients or the numbers kind of vary from state to state. So you can always look up uh, state designations, but it, an advisor may not necessarily be registered at the state if they are a, in a large enough firm, then they may be registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. So there's a number of resources that you can go to verify the credentials and the registrations on the advisor. Perfect. Well, Jeff Jones, thank you so much. Again, you yourself are a certified financial planner, and you're the director of financial planning at Longview, and people can find you at longviewfa.com. And thank you so much for explaining a bit about what a social media influencer is and why we might want to steer away from them and find our own personal certified financial planner. Absolutely. Heather, thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure speaking with you, and uh, it's been a joy kind of sharing this information. Thanks for listening. You can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com. That's h-k-e-l-l-y at ksl.com. And because this is Money Making Sense, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast, and you'll never miss another episode. Thanks for being a Money Making Sense listener. Follow your common sense on the social media. Money Making Sense on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.